0: I guess each individual faculty member um should really aim for diversity in in the group like it's definitely something i'm aiming for is having a very diverse group not only in terms of discipline and gender and you know all those Mm. diversity metrics but also in terms of viewpoints, in terms of personalities, in terms of where are we coming from, what, how did we grow up, what kind of views do we have on the world. And I think maybe due to this whole pandemic we're currently living through, we have seen in our conferences and workshops that we have attendees from from countries all over the world that we would have probably not had if the conference was taking place in I don't know mm-hmm. some great city where you would have need to travel to so i think to some extent the pandemic also shows us ways to be more inclusive by having more open more affordable ways to participate in scientific debates, scientific conferences and workshops for instance like all my undergraduate researchers Um, I encourage them to participate in ICRA this year or Mm. also in RSS coming up uh, next week so they, they really enjoyed this, they said they would have never had the opportunity to participate in a conference like ICRA and they were blown away, they loved what they were seeing and I think if we can keep this momentum in the future to have it affordable and open to everyone by allowing maybe at some point a hybrid version of scientific debate, I think that will bring us forward quite a bit. And then, of course, apart from that scientific debate and discussion happening at seminars, symposia and conferences, might be looking at the publication, the way we publish our research results, right? Um, There has been an enormous debate for the past couple of years about um, open open access publishing, versus, you know, the traditional publishers um, charging their users for seeing a research article which has been written by a researcher, reviewed by researchers, all for free, um, but is then currently only available if you pay for it. So also there, I think there needs to be some changes for more openness and more Mm. availability. But that's not something that a single person can change, that mm. the whole community as a whole needs to change it. Um, while at the same time, I'm a person that is not a huge fan of archive because I feel like, you know, there's all these papers uploaded that did not necessarily get reviewed but are taken for um, serious scientific results, even though they might be premature. So there is no quality assessment assurance at all but at the same time it's accessible so the non-academic has easy access to those papers whereas the more quality assured ones are probably behind closed gates at some of the bigger publishers so that's a Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's definitely a challenge Uh, i think you
1: said very important point in terms of hybrid conference and and opportunities i think that's very important what you say and also your take about publication as well, because I know you, you're really fighting about how we can review this amount of papers just coming up. So, uh, it's it's really challenging. And you are right. I think you said that it has to be collective uh, movement yeah. from the community, not not individually. So, so you're right. You know, right. it's also
0: insane. Like, if I look at my inbox, I get yeah. at least one review request almost every day. Mm. Like, I just literally, I just cannot review that many papers. It's just impossible, I could just review papers these days. And this is me as a reviewer, but I'm also you know, in editor in editor roles. And then it's so hard to find people reviewing, like the the amount of publications just got insane. Yeah. And also the, the speed, I mean, can you really do some fundamental, really thoughtful research in three months, four months, six months? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but that's the pace of 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 the field, and I I look at this with with quite some concerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Participating
1: yeah. in it myself, though, yeah. right? It's like I think, I think that's very interesting because I, I I'm just curious to ask you where do you think this comes from? Because I think it's it's kind of loop as well. Because it's of course we know this culture of publication; you have to publish with perish as well, and that's something we all know. And another fight, side, you have to be employed to get a position if you have a decent amount of publication. And now, we maybe look for quantity. I'm not making a Sweden generalization, but that's a trend. And if I ask you, where do you think this is something we have to maybe controlled? Who is controlling this mechanism that you have to review this insane amount of publication and you have to publish as well? This is really insane as well for, as a faculty member and also for speech students. I don't know, where
0: do you think who's the key corner for that? It's a systemic problem. Like, mm-hmm. It's really not just this one instance. Um, I'm a member of the Academy or Young Academy in Germany uh, before I was moving. And so we have been discussing this like what is driving this insane number of publications. Mm-hmm. We really came back to game theory, right? It's like multiple things in this game of being an academic. kind of contribute to this right it's like on the one hand of course publish or perish it's our bread and butter right Mm. i am as a researcher judged on the research i produce so i have to of course publish it also Mm -hmm. it's my obligation to make it publicly available what i achieved from public funding
1: Mm.
0: the speed though is crazy of course as a PhD student, you probably have been told, oh, you got to write like three papers before graduating, probably more. Um, and then, you know, on the faculty side, before you have tenure, you are also in this like process of, I want to get as much out, as much high quality work as I can. So you are naturally um, enforcing yeah. more publications in your group. And then it's also a little bit of peer pressure you know while everybody agrees that it's insane everybody keeps measuring success by number of papers Mm. you know how many papers do you have at icra and then it's like oh it's this pity view if you say one but you know i'm proud of this one paper this one paper has been a tremendous amount of work and yes we didn't send two more papers because they were just not ready yet yet you get this pity view so the community is also making it harder to kind of cut back on the number of publications yeah and you know there's this annual review where i am compared across my um, colleagues and then i'm like oh maybe you know six journal papers in a year is really not that much others have you know so many more Mm. so there's this constant tension in the field about these publications, I have seen some measures against it, Um, for example, funding agencies that are explicitly asking for a limited number of references that you give for your previous research, like, for example, 10 or five or two per year. Um, Mm. That makes sense. So that is helping in terms of getting funding to kind of restrict yourself to what is the most important work that you have been doing in the past five years, please list x number of papers. That is helpful. And I guess something like that would need to be also done on various levels on tenure review boards on um, search committees on PhD committees, maybe it's not submitting all the papers that the PhD student has has written, maybe it's really just two or three, like one per year should probably be enough, right? Mm. Yeah. But it's easier for me to say now, because I mean, I've matured through the process. I'm now tenured. I have a more relaxed view on the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's. You're right. It's not that easy.
1: Yeah, I would like to thank you for the concrete point. I think you said very important point. I would like to thank you for that. Yeah.